0: Our reading today is from the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you, then, who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hear the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Uh, so this morning we're continuing to unpack what 1 Peter says about who we are as Christians, what God says to us about who we are. I wonder what it feels like for you to be chosen. What does it feel like to be chosen? Uh, When you're in the schoolyard, it was the who's going to be picked on my team or who's not going to be picked on my team uh, and are they going to pick me for a team? I I wonder if you were always the last person picked and you you thought that there was something wrong with you because you weren't picked uh, what does it feel like to be chosen uh, when you go for your first job? Were you the person chosen as the successful applicant for the job or were you the unsuccessful applicant? Uh, I uh, would like to have never experienced that rejection, but my first real job, I went for one and I had my heart set on it and there was this other job. Uh, this was when I was working in IT. There was this other job that I'd sort of said, well, this is kind of the last resort place. So I'll just apply for this just in case. I didn't get the one I really wanted, and so I was devastated that a mate was chosen uh, instead of me. And so what does it feel like to be chosen? Uh, when, maybe when you ask someone out on a date, are they going to choose me or are they going to not choose me? Maybe you're waiting to be asked out. Are they going to choose me or are they going to not choose me? What about friendship? Are they going to choose me as their friend? Why don't they call me? Do they value me as a friend? Do I really want to be a friend with that person? What does it feel like to be chosen? All through life we experience this. Am I part of the group? Or am I not part of the group? Am I included or am I excluded? And when we're included, we feel valued and a part of something. And when we're excluded, not chosen, we, we feel like, well, where do I fit? Is there something wrong with me? No, no, there's something wrong with them. They haven't seen me for all that I'm worth. It doesn't feel great to not be chosen. It feels fantastic when you are chosen because you feel appreciated, loved, valued. By people. 1 Peter uh, speaks to us. It speaks into this place of acceptance and rejection, and it says, You are chosen. We are a chosen people, chosen by God. He wants to include you. You're a chosen race, it says. Uh, So no longer does your ethnicity determine your inclusion in the group. Uh, The Jewish people were separated from the Gentile people. No, suddenly there is one race. Race wasn't something that that you could change, but suddenly we're a chosen race grafted in by Jesus, that we are a new creation, a new, unique creation made out of of multiple ethnicities, Uh, a chosen race For God. It also says that we're chosen priests. What does this mean? That the priest was the one that had access to God. To to be uh, a priest, you needed to be part of a certain tribe. But now God is saying you are part of the chosen tribe, you are part of the chosen group, the privileged group that has access to the most holy of holies, the holy place. You're chosen as the people that are offered the opportunity to offer intercession to God, to receive forgiveness from God, to be mediators to God. We're chosen. Now, we're not only chosen as priests to be part of this tribe of people. We are chosen as the ones that are able to enter the Holy of Holies. Only one high priest once a year, elected on ballot, was able to enter that place We are chosen, able to enter God's presence. And in fact, as we've looked at through Pentecost, God's presence coming and living inside of us. We're chosen priests. But it doesn't say just chosen priests. We're chosen as a royal priesthood. What what does that mean? We are royalty. I wonder if you've thought about that. Someone whose royalty has born into privilege. They're born into a place of of honor. They're born into an inheritance. When you are born again as a Christian, you are born into royalty. That is, that you're not just part of the the, the lower class or the middle class. You are the, the royalty in the place where you are. We are a royal. People That is, we no longer have to perform in order to get power. We're born into it. The difference between someone that's born into power and the, or royalty and the person that earns their power is the person that earns it is continually needing to, to strive, to, to push, to, to stretch, to lay hold of. Suddenly if you're, you're royalty, you're born into it, it's just a right it's a privilege that you have as a result of your your birthright. And so we are a royal people. Uh, we are a chosen people, a chosen race, chosen priests, chosen as royalty. We're a chosen nation. Uh, that is not the, the nation of, of Australia. That is God's own nation. I wonder if you've heard the descriptions of us and recognized the Uh, similarity to how God describes his people Israel. They were a a chosen people, a a chosen race, a chosen nation. He had plans, a, a purpose, blessing prepared for them. The inheritance that was theirs is given to us. Also, that we are a chosen people set apart, called out to be his people in the world. You're a chosen nation. You are chosen. We are chosen. God sees us, all that we are, all that we've done, and He chooses us. His creation, He calls us special. His people, a special people called out from the darkness into His marvelous light. And we're chosen to follow the chosen stone. Jesus is described as the the precious stone. The chosen stone. Jesus is the foundation stone of the building. That the church is founded on Jesus. That as Jesus was chosen and went before us, he chose us to follow and to be built on him as the foundation stone. Uh, Chosen to follow the chosen stone. Well, when you lay your foundation in other places, your foundation will crumble And Uh, There's a couple of plates you can see up on the the wall at the back of our church. Uh, They're attached to bars that hold the porch of our church up. Because the foundation over time has kind of slipped. But when your foundation is on the chosen stone, it is a perfect stone. Able to support. Able to be built upon. So this passage says a bunch of things about who... We are as God's people. Uh, each week, as we've looked at 1 Peter, we've been pulling out some things that this passage says about who we are. Uh, so this week, from 1 Peter 2, 1-10, to these are some declarations it makes about who we are. I am born again as part of a holy priesthood, and so I have access to offer spiritual sacrifices to God. Without being born again and part of a holy priesthood, you would have no access to God, no privilege, no right. And so we're born into this privilege. I'm born again into royalty, and so I don't need to strive for privilege or power. I'm a recipient of mercy. Uh, that is, uh, someone that receives mercy does not get what they deserve. And so in receiving what we have from God, we've not got what we that is the punishment for our sin, instead we've received privilege and power, our priesthood, royal access. I'm a recipient of mercy. I've not got what I've deserved. I'm an essential part of God's spiritual house. Uh, That is, you're chosen with purpose that you would form a block in his spiritual house. Each Were you to remove blocks from this as a building, it would begin to fall. Because each block serves its part. And so that imagery is the same for us as as a church, that you form a part of God's church and you are essential. I'm an essential part of God's spiritual house. I am chosen and accepted as God's own. You know, when other people choose us, They see what we choose to present to them. When God chose us, He saw us as we were and chose us. He loved us as we were, seeing us, warts and all, thoughts and all, what no one else sees, and chose us. I am chosen as accepted and accepted as God's own. Jesus is the foundation and cornerstone of my faith, and I exist to declare the mighty acts of God. What we've been doing uh, each week is we've been declaring these out. Uh, I thought we'd do that slightly mid to end of sermon this week, and so if you'd like to join in and make these declarations, let me invite you to stand and let's make these declarations. So, altogether, I'm born again as part of the holy priesthood, and so I have access to offer spiritual sacrifices to God. I'm born again into royalty, and so I don't need to strive for privilege or power. I'm a recipient of mercy. I am an essential part of God's spiritual house. I am chosen and accepted as God's own. Jesus is the foundation and cornerstone of my faith. I exist to declare the mighty acts of God. Why don't you uh, say to the person next to you, you are chosen. Why don't you grab a seat? It's good to remind each other. It's good to encourage each other. You see, God put us here as spiritual blocks in the one house to support the blocks that we are alongside. And one of the ways we do that is we remind each other of who we are. We we don't say to them, you're a block. (laughs) But but we remind each other of what God says about who we are. And in so doing, we encourage each other up into the identity that God has prepared for us in Jesus. The, The challenge for us is the chosen stone is also a stumbling block. You you, you see, uh, as soon as we experienced not being chosen, we experienced rejection in life. And when you experience rejection, a a sense of shame goes alongside that. Uh, There's something wrong with me. There's something not quite right. And you begin to feel insecure in yourself. And the result of shame then leads to offense. There's, hang on, there's what are they saying about me? Why are they saying there's something wrong with me? And so offense rises up and offense leads to pride as we try and establish a boundary around our identity and then pride comes before a fall. And so the chosen stone becomes a stumbling block because in this world we've experienced what it means to be chosen and not chosen. And so when Jesus calls people and says actually the pathway to me is humility we struggle with humility i don't really need to be saved i'm i'm a good enough person so jesus saying actually you you weren't good enough i needed to die for your sin in order to reconcile you to god is a stumbling block to people Saying there's something wrong with you is a stumbling block to people because the thin, fragile layer of pride that we use to hold our identity is so easily fractured such that we need to protect it. And so we move straight from uh, not being chosen uh, to rejecting uh, and offence. And you'll notice anyone that's particularly uh, full of evil or malice, beneath the surface is fragile and insecure in their identity. Because at some level, through life, they've not been chosen. And that not being chosen over and over again forms a a, a chip rather than being a stone which gets lived out in life. And so the chosen stone becomes a stumbling block because people don't want to follow the path of humility that Jesus calls us to in being reconciled to him. A stumbling block is not just a stumbling block for others, but it's a stumbling block, I think, sometimes for us. I think as we go on in life, we, we think, I've got my life sorted out, I'm doing okay, and suddenly we can hit this point of recognizing that someone might say, Well, I think you need to grow in this area, or a circumstance might highlight to us and we can stumble over it. Instead, Uh, 1 Peter urges us to to long for pure spiritual milk, not the spiritual milk of people's approval saying, you're chosen, you're all right, but the spiritual milk that comes from God, reminding us that that pathway of humility to salvation uh, is the good pathway. So long for pure spiritual milk, that is, what does God's word say about us so that you may grow into salvation? That is, we enter into salvation as one's chosen Uh, But there's baggage that needs to be left behind. We need to stop earning our sense of being chosen and find it in the salvation that God offers us in Jesus. And we long for pure spiritual milk if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Uh, Psalm, uh, I think it's 34, says, Taste and see that the the Lord is good. Once you've tasted something, uh, you want more of it, right? Uh, one of the things I, I did over COVID times was I geeked out a little bit on coffee. And so with, with coffee, there's an Cafe and that's not really coffee. <laughs> uh, it's freeze-dried coffee. But, but then there's a whole variety of beans and roasters, and I, my eyes were open to the amount of beans and roasters there is in Melbourne. The amount of beans there is in just the little ball and coffee shop around the corner. And so I started trying all these, and some I'd like, and some were terrible. And I eventually found one that I really wanted to keep coming back to. And once I tasted that it was good, I wanted to keep coming back to it, being nourished by that uh, caffeine. <laughs> if indeed you have tasted the Lord is good, you want more of what he has to offer. But there's a tasting that needs to happen before a desire that is raised. Taste and see that the Lord is Is good. Uh, We're not only uh, chosen to be stones, we're we're chosen with purpose. And that purpose that we're chosen for is a purpose to proclaim. Uh, That is, we're chosen to proclaim the mighty acts of him who called us out of darkness into his marvellous light. That is, as you have tasted that the Lord is good, You want to tell other people about it. When you find a restaurant that's really uh, nice, you you tell other people about that restaurant where you ate uh, because you want other people to taste the delight of what you have eaten. When you taste the delight of a relationship with God, knowing how he sees you and loves you and includes you, how he's chosen you, that feels good. And that gives us something to share with other people. And so who do we share that with? Not just each other, we share that with those who are not chosen. Who does Jesus go to primarily? He goes to the the outcast, the tax collectors, the sinners, those who were excluded from the society that that they were in and he makes them feel special, chosen as people. He chose to go to their place for dinner. We're called to bring God's love to those who feel like from the circumstances and the burdens of life that they're not chosen. Now it's not just those on the fringe because I think we interpret it and go well we need to go to just the people that know they're not chosen by society. At some deep level anyone that's not a Christian knows what it feels like to not be chosen. And continually seeks to do what they can to be chosen in life and we can go to them in the ceaseless striving to prove themselves and earn the choice of others and say God chooses you he wants you to be part of his family he wants to include you I want to offer you this good news and we trust that the Holy Spirit, as we proclaim the mighty acts of him who called uh, us out of darkness into marvellous light, that he will speak to them, that the message of hope that we have received will resonate in their hearts as well. And so as I conclude this morning, I would love us to just declare again who we are, remind ourselves, our hearts, that we are chosen. Uh, As I've said before, in James it says that your your tongue is like a rudder, that what you speak is able to direct the whole course of life. And so what we declare over ourself uh, is sometimes spoken before our heart catches up with the reality. So uh, let me invite you to stand once more and let's make this declaration again. I'm born again as part of the holy priesthood, and so I have access to offer spiritual sacrifices to God. I'm born again into royalty, and so I don't need to strive for privilege or power. I'm a recipient of mercy. I'm an essential part of God's spiritual house. I'm chosen and accepted as God's own. Jesus is the foundation and cornerstone of my faith. I'm chosen to declare the mighty acts.